Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Good evening. Uh, today, we will be talking about something very different. Uh, I'm Mark, by the way. I'm Britton. And uh, today, we're talking about uh, the first season of the show Fringe. Uh, Fringe, a uh, Fox show, uh, scientific in nature, uh, akin to that of the X-Files, I think came out around yep. 2008. 2008 was its first year. And... Um, well, we got a lot to talk about, yeah. so let's you know let's just get started and we'll talk about it now. The I want to kind of break this down maybe into like three facets, you know, before mm-hmm. we go off on our tangents that we usually do. Yeah. Um, there is going to be probably some spoilers here. I don't know if we're going to go into everything. Yeah. But um, if you just started watching the first season of Fringe for some reason, or if you're somewhat interested to jump in here, and you don't want to be. Uh, spoiled by it. Maybe just skip ahead about 10 minutes. I'm sure we'll, yeah. be, we'll be on something else by then. But um, I kind of want to break this down maybe into three different uh, three different subjects, which is um, one, the, um, the the show of as a whole itself, yeah. you know, as a, uh, you know, all the pieces kind of together. Um, number two, maybe the uh, the actors actually i do want to talk about the actors a little bit yeah. and uh things of that nature if you have any you can throw them out there too uh and maybe th- number three maybe i'll talk a little bit of uh how we started watching it and like kind of what uh mine and your uh, reaction is to yeah. it and, and maybe uh oh, no i think that that about covers it okay so we'll start with just basically the show as an overview itself yeah. before we get into more nitty-gritty things like the characters um, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe give a broad overview of what the show is about? Uh, so the the show uh, is about a character named or a woman named uh, Olivia Dunham, and she is the uh, you know she is a part of a uh, task force in the FBI where uh, you know, called the French Division, where a lot of the weird stuff that can't be explained uh, is given to. Basically, like, uh, weird science shit. Like, yeah. um, it's still within the realm of, of possibility, uh, but it's kind of just outside the realm of plausibility. Yeah. Um, you know, weird things like, uh, like, I'm not gonna say aliens or anything like that. Uh, I don't no, think, no, I don't they haven't think had that, aliens yet. Um, I can tell you this much. I'm, we're, we're, uh, as the time of this recording, we are, uh, in the middle of season two, and I've never seen any of this show, and uh, I think Britain's seen up to season two, so I don't know if the show does go in the X-Files route with aliens. I hope not. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, like, unless it's done well, but anyway, we're gonna have ourselves, um, but I do hope not also, but, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the areas of science they deal with are more, um, like, teleportation, or... Like, in the, uh, the, the perversion of the natural sciences type deal. So, um, anyway, uh, continue if you want to keep on going on and, about uh, broad overviews. So, uh, she is, uh, brought along on this team by, uh, a, uh, character named Agent Broyles, who is the most no-nonsense, no uh, character in the show. He is probably one of my favorite because he is a granite statue, unmovable <laughs> man. Um... I agree. I'm going to talk about him when we get into the character yeah. stuff, but um, I definitely agree with you that he is. Uh, it's really hard to, you know, talk about favorites in this show because yeah. there's really a lot of great characters. But he is definitely a character I look forward yeah. to every week. <laughs> and 
and then uh, in order to kind of solve a lot of these uh, these uh, mysteries, uh, they they bring on uh, you know some other uh, eccentric characters uh, that we'll get into a little bit later in order to solve these uh, mysteries. And there's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things connecting them together, uh, which uh, Broyles reveals a little bit. Uh, Maybe pretty. It's a it's a pretty early on that he reveals it in the series. Yeah, I think the first episode they talk about the uh, the pattern, the pattern, the very yeah. first episode. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the basically it, it is a very procedural show yeah. to a point um, because a lot of the episodes are kind of like episode of the week kind of things. Like, oh no, we have yeah. uh, we have a guy having you know problems with his head. We have a guy you know turning into glass or something. You know, just weird yeah. shit. And then they uh, they they go on and solve the mystery of what's going on. But at the same time, usually each episode or most episodes kind of push the story forward a little bit of this overall yeah. uh, arc. And at the end of the first season, even though the the show doesn't get wrapped up, obviously because there's more seasons, mm -hmm. um, the biggest arc of season one kind of does. And it also opens the door to. Uh, for the next season yeah. again we'll I probably I'm not going to reveal that because that is such a great uh, spoiler <laughs> uh, such yeah. a great moment yeah. of the show that I <laughs> do not want to deprive anybody of that moment hey, yeah. it is the biggest holy shit moment I think I've ever had I, I, watching you, television you were yelling at the TV I was so excited about like <laughs> I can't believe they did something like that. But of course, everyone's going to be listening he's like alright well now I gotta oh. watch it to see what the hell this guy's yammering on about yeah and yeah, I I still think it holds up uh, in terms of a uh, of a reveal. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's yeah, I, I I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, the uh, the, the first season, the main uh, the main I guess arc because I can I'm gonna talk a little bit about yeah. the arc is um, yeah they get the, they get this brilliant scientist in, out of uh, the first episode they check him out of a, a mental institution. Where he's been for 17 years, and they clean him up and everything, and he's pretty much. Um, this was an era of the tortured genius on television shows, yeah. like like House or the guy from Lie to Me. I never really watched that show, but I know that he was the center or the Mentalist or you know like things of that nature. Sherlock, or I guess it was Sherlock Holmes at the time. Yeah, like there's always this character at the center of these procedurals who is just. Uh, basically the focus of the show with, you know, some interesting characters and there's always a mystery of the week kind of thing. Though I think mm -hmm. that this is one of the best ones I've seen. Yeah. And the, um... <clears throat> Excuse me. The main arc of the first season revolves around a, a character basically breaking out of a high-security prison. Um, yeah, in Germany. In Germany. And trying to basically open a door to another universe. Yeah. And, Spoilers. Yeah, that's, that's, about, that's about as far as I'm going to go with that. Um, but that is a that is a broad overview. If that sounds like something you would enjoy watching, I can promise you it is even better than how I'm describing yeah. it. And one uh, one thing I kind of uh, compared this show to a little bit when I first watched it is uh, is the X Files, mm -hmm. and there are are definitely some parallels there, wherein you know they're both FBI agents. Both of them are investigating investigating uh paranormal Weird or unusual shit. yeah unusual uh, phenomenon uh so i 
if I had to give a comparison, is it's in its tone, uh, wherein, you know, X-Files is a, uh, is a lot more of a serious show, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, wherein uh, Fringe can have a lot more fun. It's, it's uh, you know, Treasure Island versus Pirates of the Caribbean. It's weird also because, um, well, one thing I know when we were watching it and we were talking about the X-Files, and yeah. I, I personally, um, I've seen some X-Files and I think it's okay. I think it's a pretty it, good it, show. It, yeah, the show holds up even all these years later. But I do think, I do like Fringe better than X-Files. I, I can agree. Uh, for two reasons. One, because of that tone that you, you mentioned yeah. before. I do like the tone of this show a little bit better. It's more fun. Um, mm-hmm. And even though it is... Uh, even though it is still not as serious as X-Files, it is definitely as cerebral as X-Files. Yeah. It is not a show for stupid people. But it's a show that everybody can kind of, I think, jump in and enjoy mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. And two, be, um, the big difference is uh, in the characters. So I guess we'll segue into that. 100%. Uh, because in the X-Files, uh, Mulder is a believer and Scully is more of a skeptic. Uh, but in, both are, are kind of dry in, uh, they're yeah. both dry characters, and they have to be, because they're, you know, they're, you know, it's a more serious drama about FBI and, uh, you know, uh, as an FBI show. I know Mulder can probably get more eccentric from time to time, but yeah, a fairly dry interpretation of that genre. Mm-hmm. And this one is, um, there really are no skeptics. It's not like everyone's sitting there like, I've yet to see a... A weird fringe thing, uh, weird any weird fringe yeah. science. Like it, it, you know, it, there isn't a Dale, Dana Scully somehow Mister Magooing her way through all the <laughs> phenomena. And um, oh, by the way, I should probably should mention this is a show um, created by J.J. Abrams, and there's a lot yeah. of episodes written by him. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the one uh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil it too much, but the one uh, that I said was probably before a hiatus when they broke the guy out of. Okay. Uh, the, like a lot of the big episodes, um, I noticed have like credit writing credits to J.J. Abrams. Yeah, and um, this is probably his post... Know, he was probably in the middle of Lost. Yeah, yeah, this was in the middle. And that's a funny thing, because I don't like Lost. Um, I, well, I bought the first season, I watched a little bit of the first season, and I didn't like it. And I, and I, I know we've talked about this before yeah. personally, but um, I couldn't get into Lost because I didn't like any of the characters, and I didn't like the flashbacks because I didn't like any of the characters. And that's 90% of the show right there. Yeah, the... I, I can get behind the characters. Like the the characters were not that great, uh, and the the flashbacks one hundred percent interrupted the flow of the show. Mm-hmm. If they uh, didn't have a lot of the flashbacks, I probably would have liked the show a lot more because I did enjoy the mysteries of the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It had a lot of intrigue, uh, but it definitely like I didn't give a shit uh, about you know, who these people were before they were on the island because yeah. that's not like. Uh, who gives a shit that this guy was a doctor? Yeah, or what? Like you know, like oh, look at Locke. What a yeah. you know, what did he? What, what a was loser he? Like? He was. What was he like before he was interesting? Oh, a janitor <laughs> probably. Oh, so um, uh, I don't. I don't remember. I think he was in a wheelchair. Oh, that's right. He was in a wheelchair. Uh, don't tell me what I can't do. But um, yeah, but that's a whole another can of worms. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about the first season of Lost. Uh, but I'm you know this is a good segue to talk about some of the characters yeah. on Fringe. And I will say that, um, obviously the center 
of the show, mm-hmm. the, the, the main attraction is Dr. Walter Bishop. The single best character in the show, and probably one of my favorite uh, written characters on television in I, general. I can't think of... Uh, you know, I... I can't think of many characters that I would put above him, uh, just in general, like, mm-hmm. uh, from television. I think that he is... I remember watching the first episode. He is a very... Uh, to give a quick rundown of who he is, he's an eccentric, uh, brilliant scientist who's just spent 17 years basically being uh, locked away from the rest of the world. And uh, he's a little bit out of touch. Uh, he's a little bit... Uh, you know, he has a lot of memory problems. He has a lot of... Uh, yeah, he's like the absent. He, he's like a tortured, absent-minded professor. And he'll be in the middle of his experiments, and he almost goes through. And what I like about him is he goes through these, uh, these experiments uh, that yeah. he's doing, especially the the stranger and odd ones where he's dissecting people and pulling out like bugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he does it with this this giddiness <laughs> because it's about the thrill of discovery to him. Yeah. Oh, and, what is this? You know. <laughs> and. Just his interaction with different characters is always a fun thing to see because he he's just a uh, a man that is you know left to his devices would eventually you know uh, you know observe something until it's broken. Like I feel that I said when I, in, when I was watching the first episode, um, I was like you know I, I know this guy's you know portrayed. You know, to be eccentric and a bit yeah. silly, but I, was, I remember telling you, I was like, this man is probably the most dangerous man on this entire yeah. show. Well, he was in, uh, he was in St. Clair's mental facility because, like, uh, you know, during an experiment, he killed a person. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I just think that he is the type of person who would, like, who would detonate a, uh, a doomsday device just to see <laughs> what the results would be. And, uh, but, uh, he had, he's, uh, he joins uh, Agent uh, Dunham's Olivia Dunham's team uh, on the condition that uh, his son uh, Peter uh, is always chaperoning him. Yeah. <laughs> At first, him and Peter have kind of a uh, uh, contentious relationship. Yeah. You know, Peter doesn't want anything to do with him because he was a very absent father, and you know. But uh, Walter just kind of wants to reconnect with his son. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he kind of you know wants to keep on doing his uh, the research and everything mm-hmm. and they really do uh, form a good bond they, they do and uh, Peter uh, is uh, like the the big purpose for his character is usually to translate the uh, the the, the odd yeah. machinations yeah. <laughs> that goes on in Walter's head he's also kind of one of those like the guy who can get you anything you know he, yeah before he was um, a liaison to the FBI he was like this uh, con man, basically, mm-hmm. going around the world, pulling off different uh, schemes and everything. But he's also a brilliant person in his own right. Yeah, and um, and like I said, they're you know they they form a pretty uh, decent uh, pair. Now um, there's also uh, and we've talked about Agent Broyles, and uh, the main character of the show is technically Olivia Dunham. Yeah, and although she is not. Uh, She's more of the straight man of the entire show. Yeah, she she represents like the everyman. Uh, like everything uh, is explained to her in a way that the audience is meant to interpret. But at the same time, she's also an FBI agent. So when yeah. you know, she can, she has to get tough sometimes. She's you know she's a highly capable FBI agent, and she's borderline 
um, obsessive on when she's on a case. Yeah. Um, but I think that despite the fact that Walter is the uh, the the key of the show, um, she you know, she is the most important character because the show doesn't work without her. Yeah. You have to 100%. have a character like that on there. It's kind of like the uh, the Leslie Nope. Uh, syndrome from Parks and Rec. Leslie Nope is the main character on Parks and Rec. She's the least interesting character on Parks and Rec, but the show doesn't work without Leslie Nope. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I guess, with Seinfeld. Yeah, it's the uh, straight man, funny man syndrome where, you know, y- you know, you need the straight man in order for the funny man to work. And, yeah. You know, it, it kind of works on the same level with a uh, uh, with a procedural where uh, you have the. You know, highly eccentric uh, scientist and the person who needs to interpret all that information. Yes. That person also being the audience. So, um, so Olivia, despite the fact that she's not as eccentric as everybody else, she really has the pretty much the... There's a reason she's front and center. Yeah. Why the show is really about her. And, you know, despite what we're saying, she is also a very interesting character herself. Yeah, I like uh, I like Olivia. And uh, she has a lot of uh, uh, a lot of quirks and a lot of uh, not quirks, but uh, you know, a lot of uh, details of her of her character that uh, you know flourish throughout the season. Actually, probably my favorite moment um, of the first season, except for the last shot. Oh uh, uh, yeah. The, but my favorite moment of the uh, first season involves her uh, when she's, I'll just say this much, she's trying to disarm a bomb and the only way oh, yeah. to do it, and the bomb is made up entirely, basically, of, of lights. Yeah. And she has to find a way to disarm it. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but that is yeah, probably, that was... her disarming that bomb is probably my favorite part of the entire first season except for, like I said, the very last movie. Yeah, that was but, uh, well, I, I remember one. What was that? Oh, go ahead. Go, you go ahead. No, no, no. No, I, I was probably going to go off into a tangent. All right. Um, well, I, I was, I was too. So no, I was uh, just going to say, I know one thing. Uh, uh, you know, we would all, as we watch the show, is uh, one thing we would do is talk about like a kind of spinoff show if uh, a Agent Broyles and oh. uh, Agent and. Uh, Walter Bishop were uh, partners. Yeah, they were like, uh, they were a, a a two man, like straight man, funny man kind yeah. of thing. Actually, it would be the perfect straight man, pun- funny man too. Because there was no one who was a more of a straight man than yeah. Agent Broyles, and it, there's no one who was more like eccentric and not a straight man than Walter Bishop. <laughs> oh okay. man! But uh, I was, was going to do like a, hmm, this man here looks like that. Uh, there's there's lipstick on this. Uh, Cigarette. Ooh, what flavor of lipstick is it, Agent Broyles? Uh, let's see. Uh, judging by the uh, color and texture, I believe it's uh, some sort of strawberry. Mm. I am getting more radish. Were you? Uh, did you remember that lady? Uh, lady Diarly had red lipstick on at the party. Ooh, yes, fantastic breasts on her. Yeah, exquisite. A uh, very phenomenal specimen she was. I think that she was one who killed her husband. And look at this. We have another clue. Look, it's an ice, it's a mel- partially melted ice cube sliver from her drink. She was drinking a Bloody Mary. Ah, but if you look at the ice cube, it's in the middle of a phase transition. Uh, the phase transition from uh, liquid to solid, but it was also 
solidified under high pressure, which is why the ice crystals align to make a clear ice cube, Agent and, Broyles. And look at this. It is a uh, insurance policy written out to, in her name, leaving everything to her if her husband died. I think we have enough to make a case. Let me see that. That was made from acacia trees, uh, Pope. It only indigenous to uh, the Midwest. Uh. Yes. <laughs> um... So yeah, it's basically the greatest yeah. straight man, funny man, <laughs> like combination you could have. It would be a cop show so far removed from reality that it would almost be a parody of cop shows. It, it, it would, it, it would, but it would be such a a great watch. I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah. Actually, I would want it to be a like. Uh, it, I'd like it to be almost a Columbo show, <laughs> like you know where the first the first half hour hour is just the. Uh, just the crime being committed, and then the second hour, here comes, you know, uh, Broyles and uh, Walter Bishop to do their thing. And I want it to be like, uh, you know, n not fantastical crimes either, just a standard uh, whodunit yeah. murder mystery. And uh, it just... And these two, uh, you know, Agent Broyles going through the, the standard procedure as to gathering evidence and Agent, uh, not Agent, but Walter Bishop. <laughs> oh, you can call me Agent, yes. <laughs> and Walter Bishop finding uh, clues that, ha that have almost no bearing on the case until it all wraps up in the end. It's like he, it's almost Sherlock Holmesian where he's like, yeah. you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, dissecting cigar ash and seeing what <laughs> cigar it came from. Or beating uh, bodies to see how long it takes to bruise yeah. after death. <laughs> so, um, there's a few, uh, I guess, uh, secondary characters that I feel that we should probably talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, two in particular. Yeah. You can go with the first one. I think you're uh, starting to say him. Uh, Charlie. Charlie's great. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, I think he was. Uh, was he Olivia's, uh, yeah, first partner, yeah. uh, and but, you know, before the show started. And it's funny because he's not really involved in Fringe Division, he's just more of a FBI agent that's you know, at the he, ready. He, he's a good resource for Olivia. And he, most of the time, he's not even involved in half the, half the shit. Like, I remember there was an episode, like, in the middle of the season where something happens yeah. and he's there, and I'm like, this man probably has no fucking idea what's yeah. going on. Well, I, I think he, his main purpose initially, at least in the first season, uh, was to serve as the show's skeptic. Yeah. Uh, to kind of center Agent Dunham. But, like, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work too much when he's got worms crawling around yeah. in Yeah. <laughs> Oh, those worms. Oh, those stomach worms. Oh, that was terrifying. Uh, um, and then we have uh, Astrid. Astrid Farnsworth. Good news, everyone! <laughs> she uh, she has a very raspy old man voice, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's um, another FBI agent who's basically there to just clean up all of yeah, uh, Walter's, Walter's mess. messes. Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, Walter's assistant. And uh, I, I kind of... Uh, in, in my opinion, an underutilized character. Like, she is just there to basically, um, to basically complain about all the stuff she has to do. Or come, she's a, she is the doubting Thomas almost. Yeah. Like, she is a person <laughs> who complains about this stuff. Like, you can't hook that man up to an electric chair and kill him. Ah, uh, but you see, if I use maybe a, uh, uh, and, uh, 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 uh
a current that is maybe slightly lower amperage, we would merely only paralyze him for life, <laughs> and we could see the results of the tests. If I dose him with LSD, he'll only experience ego death rather than physical death. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so she is basically there to say, you can't do that. Okay, then I'll do this. And then she mops up the blood, and yeah. that, that is her job. And then he just beats her around. Or not beats <laughs> no, her, but, but uh, berates her. Yeah, and always mispronounces her name. Yeah, like he... I think he I think he has such a huge crush on her that he pretends that she doesn't exist. So Probably. That, so, you know, to kind of help himself. I, th I think Walter is actually a ladies' man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think... Like, he, he... Often he'll put on the persona of the, the aloof, kind of goofy guy, and then he'll go to the bar after Peter's uh, asleep and... And, uh... I like to think <laughs> that he sits at the bar with maybe, like, a cigarette or a cherry or something, does, like, tricks with him. Watch this. Now, like, because I don't want him to be smooth and suave as in, Hey there, bit dame. Uh, you want to <laughs> scurry out of here and maybe have a little bit of a, a necking in the woods? Uh, I, I imagine, like, it's, <clears throat> you know, when he, uh, when he enters the scene, uh, it is this, uh, uh, a, this, like, he, he's dressed to the nines and he has a cigarette and almost like the pencil mar mustache and he's... <laughs> And, and he's like entering the entering the bar, and like there's this smooth jazz in the background. The see, I like, and then he walks up to a lady. Ethyl alcohol it, it constricts the capillaries, you see, and then you know, see, just. I imagine that when he when he does his uh, when he actually goes up to the ladies and starts talking to them, I imagine there's almost a bit of. I don't want to say trickery. Like it's almost like he uses yeah. science as a trick, almost like, like. Ah, ah, I see that you're smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Now, watch this. Watch when he takes a cigarette and he takes it all the way down to the ash and he's like, and I can make, uh, or I bet you I can make a knot of ash. You know, tie ash into a knot. And the girl's like, okay, let's see you do it. And then he'll do the trick, like he'll tie uh, a rope into a knot and then light it on fire instantly and it burns down to ash. And he's like, ah, see, there, I tied a knot into the ash. My name is Walter Bishop, by the way, <laughs> Doctor Walter Bishop, and that's his in. Like he does, like science tricks. Yeah, uh, let me see your hand. All right. Oh, it's okay. So if I press here, there should be a nerve ending, and you should be experiencing extreme arousal. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh. Let me buy you a drink, and maybe I can show you some more pressure points. <laughs> like, like, wow, he, you know, he's getting, he's getting laid six ways to Sunday, and Peter's, and Peter's jealous. Just, that's that's why he's always so bitter about him. Even that's uh, that was the big falling out he had as a kid. Like he would always steal uh, his girlfriends. <laughs> ah, ah, your your Peters. Uh, love interest from college, I hear. I, I hear you guys are both in the physics program together. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, have you, uh... No, now let me tell you a little bit about about physics. Yes, yes. Have you ever seen a a match? A match like this right here. Mm -hmm. Regular match. Yeah. Have you ever seen a match mm -hmm. been twice? Oh, no. No. <laughs> See that? That is the first burning. Oh, Walter, what are you doing? That's Peter. <laughs> Walter, what are you doing? Wait, hold on a second. So you can see that the matches burned once. Yes? Yes. Yeah. 
All right, now watch this. Ow! Walter! Ha! Ha! It burned him the second time, you see. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Let me buy you a drink. <laughs> uh, as soon as he did that laugh, I imagine he's trying to seduce its pet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, I am going to leave you two alone now. <laughs> uh, there are even uh, limits uh, Walter cannot surpass. <laughs> with Even with the LSD that I'm taking right now, you see, I cannot see past that left. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are certain realities that are meant to be avoided. Think of it like synthesia. Uh, when people... Uh, uh, experience synesthesia. Um, usually, they are seeing a representation of the sounds that they hear, mostly of the time through colors and and shapes. But when I see your laugh, all I can see is its pat, and I can't <laughs> see beyond that. Uh, and it also induces a smell in my brain as well of uh, stinky socks. It, it is it is a smell of of sulfur. And, and, uh, and raw, uh, sewage. You are literally offensive to all the senses. So, uh, I shall leave you two, uh, alone, and I shall retire to my room. Peter, if you need a condom, which you shouldn't, if you need a condom, we keep them in the drawer next to the fishing wire. I, though, I will commence my, uh, my retirement after I regurgitate my meal, uh, from disgust. Um, Peter, if you will be a darling, uh, could you order me a pizza? Because I suspect in half an hour I will be hungry again after I evacuate my stomach and my bowels. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's Astrid. <laughs> and, um, there's one last character I want to talk about, um, before we get into basically Go, oh, my... The, uh... Oh, I, I know who you're, who you're talking about. I, Nina, I, Nina Sharp. Oh, I thought you were going to go into the uh, the guy who was breaking out. Oh, no, no. We can save that, The, the I guess, the villainous character. We yeah. can save him because he's, he's kind of a very a tertiary character. Yeah. Uh, he's re- very good. Everyone is very good on the show. And that's, yeah. um, that's something I'm going to talk about when I talk about Nina. Is uh, Nina Sharp uh, runs for all intents and purposes. Uh, she is their main go-to, the FBI's main go-to for a company called Massive Dynamic, which mm-hmm. is um, owned by uh, Walter Bishop's former, like, science colleague. Yeah, yeah, colleague. And 17 years later, you know, uh, uh, his partner, Bell, he kind of disappears, and uh, Walter Bishop is, you know, in a mental institution, so they kind of go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And Massive Dynamic is, for all intents and purposes... Uh, it's yeah, the, the bad guys, kind of. Yeah, they're they're kind of like a large, uh, like Apple uh, corporate. You know, like Apple or Mac. Yeah. Yeah, not Macintosh. Yeah, yeah Apple. Yeah, yeah uh, Apple. Corporation. Yeah, Amazon. Like, but you know, they they every time there is a bad science going on, they are usually at the center of it somehow. Yeah, like they they always have some data on it somehow. Like they're very sneaky and suspicious. Yeah. But. But they're also a, a a good partner and resource. They're they're like uh, and Nina Sharp is neither a ally nor an enemy. Yeah, she's like the frenemy, the yeah. you know, quintessence. And I really like the relationship between Nina Sharp and uh, Olivia Dunham. Yeah, because it's a relationship where neither person trusts the uh. other, but 
they respect each other enough to, like, they never lie to each other. No. They will sometimes withhold yeah. the truth, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to tell them this, but, like, they've never out and out lied to each other. And a lot, I almost want to say, like, it's not quite the perfect analogy, but I would almost say the relationship uh, between Dunham and uh, Nina Sharp is almost Faustian in nature. Yeah, like, uh, almost, you know, you kind of, what do you, because there are times when she's had to give up something that the FBI didn't want to give up, yeah. you know, to get this information. And, same, and Peter has had to do the same as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Nina's already, always trying to recruit her to their side, because, yeah. you know, again, there's that, that mutual respect to them. There's a mutual respect between uh, Nina Sharp and Agent Broyles, because every now and again they... You know, come under fire, but you also know that she's 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 also a dangerous mm-hmm. character. You know, she knows a lot more than she's telling. Yeah, but you know, you kind of expect that, and you'll definitely find that out at the end of the uh, at the <laughs> end of the season as well. Yeah, there's and uh, but again, like she's always there to help out just enough. Uh huh. And overall, like. I love the characters on this show, and that's yeah. what I think drives it forward. Is like, yeah, the the premise is very interesting. Mm-hmm. There's always a lot of neat scenes and sequences. It is the perfect val- the perfect balance, rather, of uh, character driven storylines and uh, and uh, plot 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 driven storylines. Because uh, you, you know they they walk the line perfectly between the two. Like the chemistry of the cast is. Just undeniable. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I almost, I, I never watched the show when it was new because I, you know, I didn't really think that uh, Joshua Jackson was gonna be very good in it because the only thing I'd seen him in before that was like Dawson's Creek. Oh, he was a dreamboat. I know, I know, he was a dreamboat. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know anything about him except for Dawson's Creek, so I was just like, ah, eh. yeah, like they, they, were, and they were. I think Fox was like really. Like, hey, remember Dawson's Creek? You might like this guy from it. I don't think they said that, but, you know, they, they, it was basically what I saw. So I was like, yeah. Ah. I mean, but, like, he plays such a damn good character and he does him great mm-hmm. um, that it's like, man, the chemistry between him and, well, everybody. Yeah. But him and uh, Walter is top notch. Yep. Uh, like, every character, you know, plays well off each other. Walt, like I said, Walter and Olivia do well. Olivia and Nina Sharp is probably one of the better like duos Dynamics. yeah yeah um and also walter with or not walter uh olivia dunham and um uh agent broyles yep. is very uh is very interesting too and then broyles with you know peter is very a good dynamic yep uh, it's even funny to see as we discussed before peter and walter bishop <laughs> get those <laughs> two broyles and walter bishop yeah broyles and walter bishop oh, together yeah. the yeah <laughs> the the original odd couple yeah it's there is no character in the show I would say is wasted. Yeah, I, I you know, the, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, there's sometimes in a show or in a movie that you would go like, oh, I wish there was they had more of that character, or I wish uh, they would expand upon them. And you know, aside from maybe a, a few minor things, uh, this show really utilizes their characters to the fullest potential without overstaying its welcome. Yeah, exactly. It's not like um, it's not like there's a whole episode where you're just like, you know, I'm getting tired of your shtick there, yeah. uh, Walter. It's like every, you know, I think that the good thing is that there's maybe three really main characters, which yeah. is uh, Olivia, 
Walter Bishop and Peter Bishop. Like, for yeah. all intents and purposes, those are the main characters, and they are great. And they're very easy to understand characters, but they do have a lot of depth to them. Mm -hmm. And then your secondary characters with your Charlie, your Astrid, your uh, Nina Sharp, your Agent Broyles, yeah. they also have a, a, a lot of depth, but they're all different from one another, but they're just different enough, you know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. really, like I said, there's really no dynamic that doesn't work. And then, yeah. of course, you got your tertiary characters, your intrigue, and all that stuff that just radiates out. So everything revolves, as far as I'm concerned, around the characters and goes outward, and everything, you know, works because of that. At 100%. And uh, I, I cannot think uh, of a show that, that really comes close to that that dynamic, I, I would say House, uh, with the dynamic of the House has uh, good characters. Yeah, yeah, has good characters mm -hmm. that 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 work pretty well together. Though, for the most part, it's almost competitive. Yeah. Um. What I can, if I compare those two shows, like, it's tough for me because I really liked Fringe. Yeah. I really liked House. I, I think they they trigger two different things in yeah. my brain. Like, I liked... Uh, if I just cons consider first season for both of them, I think they're both very similar. Um, but there was... The things that I liked about House were, like, the mysteries more than anything else. Yeah. And the first season had a lot of really good mysteries to it. Um, and they always had an answer yeah. that was like, oh, that makes sense, I get it. Yeah. Um, and Fringe kind of does the same thing, but... I guess it's a, a choice between House had basically a whole season of little mysteries that at the end y'all was satisfied like oh I like that I like that uh, Fringe I didn't get that mystery uh, sensation as much so it was lessened throughout the show yeah. but the big things that happened I felt more than in House if that makes yeah. sense yeah, like little the things worked better in House every episode the bigger things maybe every six episodes were bigger to me and I don't know which one I wanted. Consistently uh, low to mid, you know, good feelings, or um, sporadically or periodically great feelings. Yeah, I could say, like, uh, I, I would say House it was definitely a more consistent show uh, than, than Fringe in terms of uh, what to expect. Uh, wherein Fringe always has like a, a you know every couple episodes a series of pretty big and shocking reveals, and those are always you know usually the big ones, and you can tell yeah. that they probably you know like all right we have maybe six or eight big episodes, and in between we have the bridges. Yeah, and I'm not saying the bridges were bad because the Brit like there was really no bad episode of the first season. Mm -hmm. Like every episode worked, and I felt good, and I, I enjoyed every episode. You know. Uh, that I saw, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, to me it was like, would you rather have maybe, um, would you rather have 30 days of, uh, like, like just positively, you know, good things, like, you know, just little good things that happen, uh -huh. like, uh, like, maybe we'll do it for money. Would you rather have 30 days of like, oh, I found $10, oh, I found $10, oh, yeah. I found $10, or would you rather have... Like, all right, maybe you, you stay consistent for most of those 30 days, but every 10 days, like, oh, I get $100. Oh, I get $100. Oh, I get yeah. $100. Like, in the end, maybe those the values are equal, but which of these, you know, experiences would you rather have? Yeah, probably, for me personally, uh, the latter. The $100? Yeah. I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think I might do that because I like bigger feelings better than consistently... Yeah. 
you know, lesser feelings and good feelings. And um, I guess we're talking about the overall thing of the show now, which is what I was going to want to talk about anyway. And uh, I think it's kind of funny to think that I put this on. We came home from like some, uh, uh, I think, like game night with your sister or something yeah. like that. And um, I was like, ah, I just want to watch something before I go to bed. And um, I put on the first episode of Fringe. Because, uh, again, I know you'd watched it, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you had it, and uh, I put it on, I was like, well, uh, I, I was, I was excited after watching the first episode. It was a two-hour first episode, yeah. or I guess hour and a half, um, but it was, so it was a longer episode, but I really liked what they did, even though, like, they were just setting it up. And I liked all the, you know, the way that they were doing the mysteries and everything, like, oh, this is the pattern, like, they set the groundwork, and I was like, you know what, I think I like it enough to continue watching it. Mm -hmm. And then we, man, that was only like a, that was only like a month ago, and I think we barreled through that first season. It's it's a solid first season, and, you know, they did set up the show very well in the first episode for anyone who was... Uh, you know, just tuning in out of curiosity. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you go into the first episode saying, I don't know what to expect, and you put it on, it'll tell you exactly what the show's about, and it'll give you a reason to want to keep on watching it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I I was going to go off on a tangent, but, uh, I I was thinking about, uh, the dynamic that would occur between, uh, uh, Walter Bishop and House. Hmm. Because I, first off, I would imagine that House would just absolutely hate him. Yeah. Because uh, he, well, first off, House hates everyone. <clears throat> yeah. And then I think they would swap uh, drugs together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, are you, are you taking Vicodin? Yeah, I'm I, taking a Vicodin. I, I, I can't do a Hugh Laurie <laughs> American accent. Yes, I'm taking Vicodin. I only, you know, I guess without it, my life would be in complete misery. So. Oh, you need to take this, uh... Uh, let's see, uh, Salvia, it'll, uh, bring you through another realm, and pain will seem abstract to you when you return. Abstract pain, huh? Well, let me, I guess I'll tell my, uh, my physical therapist that my pain should be lessened from severe to abstract. (laughs) Alright, give me the damn Salvia. Why always with the fighting? <laughs> Why always with the fighting? <laughs> oh man, I, 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 Walter Bishop would be so eager to dissect Zoidberg, <laughs> and Zoidberg would be fine with it. Please, I have five. Oh, oh, oh! Now tell me, what is your hypothalamus like? Is it like a human's hypothalamus, or do you have some kind of weird uh, squid? A portion of your brain. I replaced my hypothalamus with an ink sack when I was 12. That is truly fascinating. What kind of ink sack? Uh, the ink type? I don't know. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, would you mind if I could just uh, crack that little bugger open and uh, take a take a quick sample? Uh, what's in it for Zoidberg? Oh, oh, let me tell you about... A sandwich that I once had. Maybe if you give me that ink, I can remember the ingredients to it. Now, let's see. I know... <laughs> we we started with, with two slices of bread, and it had mm-hmm. to be rye bread. It couldn't rye be... Rye bread? A rich man you are. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. This is, this is the, yeah, the very poorest rye bread that you can get. Look, look, mm. I've got this whole loaf 
you see, at the uh, local farmer's market for just a dollar fifty. Dollar <laughs> fifty. Um, a a millionaire salary. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> what are you doing to my Zoidberg? Uh, it's, it's the professor. He'll hit me again. <laughs> I must scuttle away. Get back here. That's him hitting him. <laughs> uh, Zoidberg. <laughs> My my, it seems like a, a lot of my favorite characters are scientific in nature and also a bit goof, but bit of a goof. The weird thing is like Walter Bishop is great because he's eccentric, but he's yeah. brilliant, and you do like to watch him work. Yeah, you like to see that 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 light in his eyes, that fire as he's doing an experiment. He is so excited to be a to be a part of it. He's like a child first, like discovering ice cream. <laughs> now Zoidberg, on the other hand, from Futurama is. Not he's the no. opposite. He he's downtrodden. He's just pathetic, and there's something almost charming about his patheticness. Yeah, like he he just he's working so hard just to be appreciated. <laughs> he is always like, you know. But I think there's a common theme for him because yeah. even though Zoeberg is always uh. Like you said, downtrodden, always you know, working hard and always poor and yeah. always miserable or always pathetic. Like he still has a lust for life. Yeah, hey, he he still wants to be a doctor, even though he's bad at it. Like he he every any little thing that happens, he is excited by. Oh yeah, like any 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 uh part of life that is not further down the toilet is a positive experience and for it him. makes him so excited <laughs> like oh there's some cheese at the bottom of the can <laughs> and one time a pepperoni oh that was a good day for zoidberg <laughs> or um even the thought of good things like <laughs> like when he breaks a bottle oh but if i fix it maybe presents for zoidberg <laughs> the box says no <laughs> <laughs> so the idea that there's like, these two characters are, like, very far removed. They both yeah. have a zeal for life that, uh, you know, that, that cannot be, like, that cannot be stopped, you know? Yeah. And, and that would, that would be, uh, I would watch the hell out of that show as well. Like, just, uh, Dr. Zoidberg and, uh, Walter Bishop trying to figure things out with, a. You know, uh, Walter Bishop try you know, occasionally getting angry at Zoidberg and hitting him for messing up his lab. <laughs> like, imagine, um, imagine everything that Zoidberg does in the, in the, in the, uh, trying to solve everything. Yeah. Is ink related. <laughs> like he's, or screaming related. Yeah, or like, scuttle. Yeah, like, imagine he's trying to dissect him like, ah, now we can finally get to the, to the brain. The brain? What? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, you cowardly lobster! Oh, we, we get, we uh, eat our own brains when we become coral. <laughs> when we enter our coral phase. <laughs> so let me taste this man's brain and see if he entered coral phase. Hmm. Maybe I need a little bit more of the brain. <laughs> Maybe a second taste to be sure. Get out of, get out of here! Get out of here! You're ruining the whole experiment. Get out of here, you lobster! Okay, I'll go into the chief's office. I'll go back to my cage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would love. So basically, 
any combination of Walter Bishop and anybody, yeah. or Zoidberg and anybody, <laughs> I think would be a good combination. Oh my god, Agent Broyles and Zoidberg? Yeah. So, so, so you're an alien, and you're a lobster from space. Uh, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zoidberg still has the funny. <laughs> he can bring the funny when he needs it. I'm going to need you to submit a report and <laughs> get some cl get your clearance uh, uh, situated in order for you to work on my team. How do I fill out this report? Do I get to use these tasty papers? <laughs> Ooh, what a pen. Can I keep the pen? Yes, yes, you can keep the pen all you want, Agent Zoidberg. We have millions of them. Can I have another pen? What happened to your first pen, Agent Zoidberg? I ate it. I feel if I give you another pen that you're just gonna continue eating these pens. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> first season of Fringe. Uh, very well done. Uh, I think uh, as first seasons go, it, it you know of any show, it it really hits a home run. Yeah. And uh, if you like the X Files, if you like uh, science, and you like uh you know, eccentric characters, and a show that's both fun at times and serious at times. I would give it a try. It's a, it's well worth the watch. It's a show that I, I highly recommend. Um, if again, like Britton said, like if, if if science fiction shows are kind of your cup of tea, uh, this is definitely going to be something that you would enjoy, especially if you uh, if you kind of have like. A flair for adventure. Yeah. Um, the characters are great. The storyline is, for the most part, um, very consistently good and sometimes great. And there's a lot of little moments that will really kind of draw you in. So I think that there's really nothing more I could have asked for in a first season mm -hmm. of a television show. So uh, take a look, uh, check it out. We're continuing on the second season. We might do a. Uh, uh, podcast when we finish that up and um, if you like Fringe just uh, drop a comment or something tell us how you like the show yes. if you don't like Fringe then uh, tell us how you liked our podcast instead or um, what you don't like about the show yeah exactly we'll we'll just make sure to address it and say why you were wrong <laughs> and just ban kidding. you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's it for that so uh, take it easy everybody uh, toodaloo that'll a little SOBs